of the family. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went and he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much saying and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister have left me and to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Jesus answered and said unto Martha, Martha, Thou art careful and trouble about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary have chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. This small portion of Scripture tells us so much of what is problem with our churches today, our families, that we are busy, but busy doing what? Busy serving the Lord? I don't think so. Busy carrying out our needs, our wants? Partially. But the big pressure of today is time. Although we still got 24 hours in each day. What do we spend? How much of God's do we give him? I believe that 10% of whatever I make belongs to the Lord. I also believe that 10% of every day belongs to the Lord. But we are busy. But doing what? So the big pressure of today's time, the most valuable of my possessions is time. You know, on holidays and different occasions, children, uh, they want to give you something for Father's Day or Mother's Day or all these special days. But I believe most parents would rather for them to keep the gifts and spend some time with them. I could be wrong. But uh, the most valuable of my possessions is how to spend my time. Notice with me briefly. In Psalms 90, 90, Psalms 90, as we look at this psalm beginning with verse 10, God said, the days of our years are threescore and ten, and if by reason of strength, they be fourscore, yet is there 
strength labored in sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. When we are young, in our teens, we want to spend time doing this, doing that. want to get older so I can do this and do that. But also in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, God said, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Do we know what the word reprove means? God said, not Brother Vance, God said in verse 15 of Ephesians 5, So then that he walked circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because our days are evil. So God tells us if we walk circumspectly, it's different than walking as a fool. But it also says if we don't walk circumspectly, we're walking as a fool. How we spend our time depends on our relationship with God. Time must be prioritized. We are all given the same amount of time. I told a young lady yesterday, she called me and, you know, explaining why this hadn't taken place and that hadn't taken place. And she said, I just don't have time. Every one of us in this building, if we're living all day, he gave us 24 hours. How do we spend those 24 hours? Surely, we can give a little time to the Lord. That we can talk to him. Priorities are the key to yes and no. But when you're asked to do something or go somewhere or would you be willing to work on this committee or that committee, oh, I would love to, Pastor, I just don't have time. I wonder if God made a mistake when he said that we all have the same amount of time. First of all, how much time we spend with God, that should be our first priority. God said in Matthew 6, 33, we all know this verse, but seek ye first the kingdom of God, and we pretty well stopped there. But he said, and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added unto you. Is there or is there not a stipulation whether God's going to bless us or not according to this verse? First of all, he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. If you're not saved, you ought to think about where would you be? We could say yesterday, but where would we be if we have not taken time to seek ye the kingdom of God? But he said, and his righteousness. So that indicates that when I search and seek the kingdom of God, when God added an individual to me that told me how to be saved and showed me that he cared and the Holy Spirit led me to a church and I was saved. Now, nothing that I have belongs to me. Not one thing. But yet we hear people say, it's my body, I'll do what I want to. But it's not your body. Still in the book of Matthew, the 22nd chapter and the 37th verse, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That's what the Lord said after he saved me. Then in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5 and 11, it says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. See, it is my responsibility as a parent to follow out that 11th verse, that I would have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but I rather I would reprove them. I, I would tell my children, I would tell those around me when I get behind the pulpit, I'm to tell the, the congregation, that's wrong. And then give them chapter and verse to see that's wrong. And I don't know how other preachers do, but I leave it alone. Because if Christ can't persuade you to do what you ought to do, I certainly have no power. Next, our fellowship with our family. Notice Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24. Notice what God says here. He said, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to her own husbands in everything. Now, women, you know, they barge up against that. But if number 25 was practiced, husbands, love your wives even as Christ who loved the church and gave himself for it. I was asked yesterday by an individual, 
How did you stay married for 55 years? I loved her and she loved me. How do you stay a faithful Christian? I love God and God loves me. It's got to be a two-way. If not, you know, in many marriages, they married for the wrong thing. But only love will keep it. Now, as we look at, still in the book of Ephesians and chapter 5, let's look at verse 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, shall be joined unto his wife, and two shall be one flesh. See, I look at uh, this verse up here in 25 that we read, you know. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for it. We're not loving for something in return. When you love someone and you're talking to someone who's saved, that is a miracle. There's no bosses. Kids go to school, their teacher are not their bosses. But they are the ones that have been put in a position and certain situations have got to meet. So is it in the Christian life. Now, fellowship with our family, our mate, as we read. Therefore, Ephesians 5.24, therefore as the church is subject, Unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, there are men who take that verse and they just completely destroy it. If me and my wife are one, explain that. We're one. She wants me to have what I want, and I want her to have what she wants. That's love. Worldly would call it compromise. I call it love. Our children. God said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We will stand before God. Every child of God will stand before God, and that subject will be brought up. Not, not what God says, 
here in verse 4 of chapter 6 of Ephesians. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. God's not going to judge me whether they accepted the teaching, whether they followed the Lord, whether they followed the word of God, but he's going to judge me for what I do and how I do with that. Christian homes need to have rules. And you know children don't like rules. Adults don't like rules. But without rules, there's chaos. Totally chaos. So he says, fathers, you know, I've heard fathers, I'm your boss. I disagree with that statement personally, but you can take it however you feel. I've got a responsibility. A boss is just strictly one who gives orders. He said, not what I went through for 30 years at IBM, wherever you work, you take orders. But a father sets an example. Why should we expect our kids to want to be in the house of God if we don't want to be in the house of God. You know, we need to realize that uh, as we, we look in, in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. God said in verse 5, 6, and 7, notice, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way when thou liest down and when thou risest up. Is that not what God's word says? But men bless our hearts. We're boss, you know. I'm the head of my house. But we... It's the children most of the time are 
scripturally educated is by a mother or grandmother, not a child, not the husband. He said, well, the husband's out working. Remember, they're one. They're one. Husband and wife are one. Our parents, God said, honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Now, see, we are to be the type of people that, because basically that's what we are. We are, uh, you know, we want to uh, receive something or we want to have something to show that we're appreciated. But in Ephesians, you know, as we've been looking at a lot of verses there in Ephesians, and you look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, it said, Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And he, you know, that's what we read in the book of Ephesians. So when we look at Deuteronomy, chapter 6, 5, 6, and 7, it's got a promise. But yet there is very little honor to the parents from the children. Our church ministry, Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. We expect But Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, God tells us here, verse 24 and verse 25, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner as some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as he sees the day approaching. I've never seen as many people in the last few weeks that believe the Lord's coming. Because there's a war going on. But see, they really don't believe that. Because they got knowledge, but without understanding. Christ is coming. 
and you're going to see the situation that we're talking about get much worse. I spend most of the week, except Wednesday night, studying what's taking place over in the land of Israel. Mark this down. Every country will reject Israel. You say, well, the United States, you know, with our president, he promised to give millions and millions and billions of dollars. Have you ever heard the saying you can't bar your way out of debt? The United States would never be able to pay what they owe. Because they really don't believe that there's a heaven or there is a hell. Now, you ask somebody, do you believe there's a hell? And they'll say yes. And they'll take another drink of the liquor they have in their clients. Continue to play the game of life so that everybody will like them. That has consumed our, our world. Want to be liked? Well, but there are things that we see that are not taking place that should take place. When we look at God's word and we see what he says, our vocation, but if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own household, he have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. I got a call yesterday. No, it was Friday. Asked me had I got my flex card. $2,500. He said, you know you qualify. You would be shocked how many people has got that $2,500. What are they doing with the money our government has made it easy to gamble. You can gamble right from your iPhone. And you know, gambling is like liquor. Once you start, it's hard to stop. And the church won't speak out 
Because if it's wrong, they don't want to hear about it. We don't want to hear about it. But God said, but if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. 1 Timothy 5 8. Second Thessalonians 3.10 For even when we were with you, this we commanded that if any would not work, neither should he eat. They're not ashamed. The church is not ashamed. The people are not ashamed. All you got to do is be without work. God says they don't work, they don't eat. Oh, that's so unloving, Pastor. God said in Romans chapter 13, And verse 9, Romans chapter 13 and verse 9. God said here in the scriptures, thirteen chapter the ninth verse, for this thou shalt not Commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's what God tells us to do. And I remember in Mark chapter 6, around verse 31, I believe, when he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert, rest a while, for there were many coming and going that they had no leisure so as much as to eat. Some of y'all were still members here, or you were members. That I would take a at least three days every quarter. First quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. I'd take at least three days. And we would go to the mountain. People said, must be nice. My answer to that stupid question was, it is. Because God said, God tells us, you know, that here in Mark 6, 31 and 
he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest for a while, for there were many coming and going that they had no leisure so much as even to eat. Establishing our priorities. That's what we need to do. Priorities. God expects us to fulfill all of our priorities. Bob Jones Sr. was was not my favorite preacher, but he preached a lot of truth. He said, duties never conflict. See, there are duties. Priorities are interactive. Our one priority will help us fulfill another. To be able to do what we need to do tomorrow, we take advantage of our restful day. To be a proper husband and father, we must have a right relationship to God. We can have no ministry if we are not fulfilling the priorities of our family. Some have said, I don't have time to come to church. I have too much to do. I wonder if God accepts that. Don't have to wonder. No, he doesn't. I work all the time. Don't have time to do anything else. Then God must have made a mistake for saving you, adding you to a church. Because when we join the church, we're all one unit. Priorities and practical helps. Choice of best over good. When we choose best over good, we eliminate the time waste. Now, our last point is knowing the priority. What it is, what is our priority? Our priority is God. Our priority is God. Luke chapter 10, Luke the 10th chapter. Now, here in Luke the 10th chapter, and I believe the 42nd verse, God said, but one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. 
So for us to do the things that we need to do, and yet not contradict what God said, we have a priority list. And the priority list should be God first. God first. One thing is time. Second thing is chosen, a decision. Not taken away is eternal. Every decision that I make to study about God, to read about God, to to do godly acts, God said they will not be taken away. What it does, it prioritizes all else. We've got to do these other things. But since I'm man and woman of my house now, does washing the dishes come over studying the Bible? Does dust and the dust off of the table come before God? All those things need to be done. But you have more energy when you start your day with the Lord. It don't have to be an hour. It don't have to be a half hour. It can be such a few moments. See, sensitivity to his spirit and others. I believe Psalms 37, 4, I wrote this down. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. Oh, preacher, you mean if I do that, that I can have a new car? No, because you haven't did the first yet. What was the first in ministry? Delight thyself also in the Lord. When your when your happiness comes from your relationship to the Lord, and no matter how bad you feel, God knows about it. I don't care what physical condition you're in, God knows about it. He said. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. See, what God does when you get close to him, he cut that list of priorities down to the ones that are needful, not want. It's not hard, it's not difficult to understand that. God said in James chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraided not, and it shall be given to you. James 1, 5. 
if any of you like wisdom. When's the last time we just prayed and said, Lord, give me some wisdom to handle this situation? If you ask God, I'm telling you one thing, nothing will come before your Lord and your Savior and your church. Self-control is meekness, temperance. Against us there's no law, Galatians 5, 23. Meekness, temperance, against us there is no law, Galatians 5, 23. Grace, for it is God which worketh in you both to, to will and do of his good pleasure, Philippians 2, 13. See, he lives in us. You know, what what pastors get, you just don't understand, brother, my situation. No, I don't. But God does. He knows your situation. And he knows that when you're coming to church and you're busy looking at something else and and watching your phone, I mean, is there somebody dying at, at your home? As we close, Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Five simple statements. Violate priorities, create conflict. This conflict is God's attention getter. Third, no one else can set your priority, not even you. God only can balance our priorities. And fifthly, dedicate some time with him for this purpose. He comes first. Father, we thank you for this.